Welcome into UGA Football Live with J.C. Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Welcome in, everyone. Another episode of UJ Football Live with JC Shelton. Uh, we got a special guest, friend of the show, Aaron Murray. You know him, you love him. Aaron's uh, doing a lot of good work with the Players Lounge. You got to check them out. And I'm actually doing some stuff with them as well. Um, so it's been really fun. We got a lot of good content, guys. It's exclusive stuff, and you really don't find it anywhere else in my mind. Um, Aaron, tell them where you can find them. Um, we know we got a lot of good stuff coming up we were just talking about. Yeah, a lot of good stuff this summer. A lot of stuff with the players, uh, player shows. Warren Brinson, uh, he's got a show right now. Uh, Makai is about to start his show this weekend. Uh, Going to start doing a freshman series with all the incoming freshmen right now to kind of get to know them, their story, um, and kind of give them the floor to kind of uh, to share it. So really excited to get to know them a little bit better. Going to start shooting some stuff. I don't know when this show is releasing, but uh, on Thursday the 1st, I'll begin to meet some of these new freshmen, which will be fun. So, yeah, a lot of big stuff throughout the summer. So make sure you go find us at uh, at the Players Lounge. Uh, go subscribe to our website at theplayerslounge.io. Uh, create a login. Got a lot of cool stuff coming out this summer. Very interactive. Um, great way to, like I said, get to know the players on, on a deeper level. Yeah, that's the cool part about NIL and stuff like this and, you know, the access to the players you get. Um, is getting a chance to, you know, see what their process is like, especially like you said, these freshmen coming in really interesting. You know, we, we did get a lot of that in the past for college football. Um, and now we have that access and especially during the summer, not a lot going on. Um, of course, fall is a different animal, but right now I think that's, it's a good time to kind of deep dive into that content stuff. If you're a Georgia fan, for sure. Um, let's, let's run into this. I want to talk a little date Dylan Rayola. Um, you know, number one quarterback in the 24 class, five star, number one prospect in the country as well. And Georgia lands them. And you know, the history of Georgia landing quarterbacks, especially when they've, you know, under Kirby Smart, hasn't been there the way it has developed into. You know, you have Carson Beck, he was a highly touted guy. Um, you have Brock Vandegrift, he was a five star, right? Um, Gunnar Stockton, another a high caliber four star there. Um, but getting a guy like Dylan Rayola, what does that say in your mind to how quarterbacks are looking at Georgia now? as they were, you know, maybe differently than they were in the past. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's a great spot to be. I mean, the offense is, you know, up to date with with kind of the new stuff. I mean, what Todd Munkin was doing and kind of what Bobo is going to do as well is it's it's a great offense to be a quarterback. Uh, it uses weapons in a variety of ways. It's very much pro style. It's it's not gimmicky. So a, a coach and Bobo and what Munkin was able to sell to these guys is, hey, you come to Georgia, you're going to be running the same scheme that you're going to be running in the NFL if you do make it to that level. So I think that's the first thing. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I liked about Georgia when I was coming out was you know, it was between Georgia and Florida. Florida ran very much a, a a spread RPO zone read type offense, which was you know more of a college type offense back then. Um, obviously, we've seen that bleed over to the NFL. And Georgia was much more pro style. And one of the selling points, which I liked, was hey, this is an offense that will help prepare you for the next level. So you look at Georgia, the way they use receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. You know, a mixture of uh, you know being under center, being in the gun, really helps set these guys up for the next level. So I think that helps. Um, obviously, the the 
you know, having success with Stetson Bennett, a former walk-on, a guy that's undersized, a guy that was drafted, um, helps. You see the talent at the receiving position, which they've been able to 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 help bring in over the past year. The tight end spot, the running backs, the offensive line. So, like, you've you've checked off every single box to help go recruit this kid. So, um, and now you got the championships as well. You got the facilities. So, I think everything's there to get a top-tier quarterback. So, I'm really not surprised at all that that Georgia was able to land a top guy. And your experience with Mike Bobo is an interesting part of this to me as well. Um, you know, what stood out to me is, you know, Georgia goes through that. You already mentioned Todd Mockett going, you know, to the NFL. Goes goes through that coaching change that in any other program would be a huge change, right? I mean, you have a guy coming in after guy, offensive coordinator, and Todd Mockett has been there for three years, um, and you're still able to land a caliber like Dylan Rayola. I think that speaks to Mike Bobo in my mind. What – what could you what what stands out in your mind with how Mike Bobby might have recruited him to come here, even though he's a guy stepping into that new role, even though we know he has that experience in being in Athens and before. But well, I mean, they look at Bobo's track record too, from you know what he did with Greeny and Chalk and shoot Stafford. And we know the connection with Stafford and and, and Rayola's family. So um I think that played a part in it as well. And 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 you know, Bobo's offense is historically, especially during his time at Georgia, you know, I feel like I've, I've had to defend him a lot to fans, was one of the best offenses in the SEC. So that threw the ball. We weren't just running the football. I mean, we were pushing the ball vertically down the field. You know, the yards per play, yards per attempt were always up there as one of the top teams in the SEC. So I think he had a lot to sell. Um, and I think, I think, do you think the selling point of, hey, this offense isn't changing? Like I came to Georgia a year ago. I sat, I digested the playbook. I saw how Todd Munkin ran the offense. Yes, maybe there's a little bit of a twist here or there, and maybe I'll kind of make it my own, but the core of this offense is going to remain the same. And like I just you know said earlier, that offense is very enticing. So, you know, he's got the track record of developing quarterbacks. He's got the track record of, of great offensive play. And now he's got the, hey, I I'm I'm going to be running a similar offense that just scored, you know, high 30 points per game, one of the best offenses in the country. That's going to be our system. So I think it's an easy sell for, for Mike Bobo. Yeah. And a lot of weapons returning. You know, offensive line has just been a unit under Kirby Smart consistently. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing in my mind, especially for quarterback. And then, you know, the way that Georgia uses their tight ends, the recruits they're getting in in that aspect. Um, and then, you know, the defense that Kirby Smart brings that Mike Bobo is going to get to play with. Right. Yep. And not and have that support from one of the best defensive in college football on a year to year basis. Very enticing as well. I, I, I bet for Rayola needs, of course, Matthew Stafford is his godfather, oddly enough. Um, and I think another aspect of Rayola's commitment that was really newsworthy uh, was Ryan Pick Lizzie. So he is a four star, uh, I think, number 12 ranked quarterback by 24 seven sports. Um, and he reaffirmed his commitment after Rayola announced his decision. Interesting to me, we know how quarterbacks are kind of, you know, if a transfer portal is enticing for a lot of these guys, I mean, if you're coming in recruits, maybe you flip to another program when you know a guy like Rayola's coming in. You went through a battle in your time at Georgia as well. What what goes into this, do you think, for Puglisi, and, and why is he so keen on Georgia, even though a guy like Rayola, he's going to have to battle him out for a starting role if he wants to, if he wants to contribute. Well, he's at the battle out, not only him, but guys currently on the roster too. You talked about, you know, the top tier talent that they've been able to bring in at the quarterback spot. So I'm a little bit shocked. Um, you know, for me, 
you know, I knew that, you know, Bobo was very upfront. Bobo told me, Hey, we're taking two quarterbacks and we're going to take two guys and, and bet committed early. Um, you know, I was actually thought Tom Savage would commit to Georgia. So I kind of, you know, I was like, Oh my God. So Tom and I would always talk back and forth. And, you know, I was like, Tom, I think I'm going to commit to Georgia. Just stay away. And Tom's like, don't worry. It's yours if you want it. So, um, you know, I, I, you're never concerned with guys in your class or older, you know, you're always concerned with what's coming in behind you, obviously, because if you lose a spot out to a guy behind you or a guy in your class, you know, you're out, but you have to have confidence in yourself. And and I was confident that I could beat Zach out. Um, I'm sure Zach was very confident that he could beat me out. And then, you know, the, the mindset was, I remember even during that, that spring when we were going back and forth was, Hey man, if I don't win this, then I'll transfer. But I'm confident in myself that I'm going to at least give it a go, see what I can do. And you allude to it's a lot easier to transfer now than it was when I played. You know, if, 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 you know, if Met was going to be the starting quarterback and I was going to have to transfer, I would have to set out a year. If, if this kid comes in there and say, doesn't win the job, you know, maybe you waste a year, which is unfortunate, probably going to redshirt. So that doesn't really matter. You transfer somewhere else and you still get three or four years to go play. So you're really not losing a lot. If you love Georgia, you love the offense. If you love what, what, what's being set up, what we just described, you feel confident that you can win the job, go give it a go. You don't win. It's it's you get a free pass. So it's, it's a lot easier for these guys to be a little bit riskier on the front end. And then knowing that you get that one free pass to, to transfer somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good point. I really like that. And I actually read something from a coach who, hosted workouts with both Caleb Williams from USC and Puglisi and said there there wasn't much of a drop-off there as far as arm talent. Good news to us. I mean, I, I really like that. I mean, he says quick quick delivery. Um, his footwork is really good. Arm strength is there as well. Um, so excited to watch these guys, especially you said that, you know, Georgia, especially like Brock Vandegrift and his development as a dual threat guy, I would love to see that in the future, right? Because I think that's what made Stetson Bennett so powerful in that offense was with his legs, right? You kind of you might lose a little bit of that with Carson Beck. He can still move though, uh, but I think Brock has that that running that running mentality. If he can just get better as a passer, um, let's move on a little bit and talk SEC scheduling. So I think I saw you post something about this yesterday. Um, you know, SEC spring meetings this week and then i think july's sec media days we'll hear more about this i'm sure then as well but obviously you know texas and oklahoma coming in in 24 it's gonna shake up scheduling we're gonna have to do something different there's a eight game proposal there's a nine game proposal um i like the nine games just because you get the you know the three permanent yeah. opponents right I, I really want the rivalries and i think kirby smart said that as well yesterday uh, he was talking about how he you know he really values the tradition of the rivalries and i think fans do it as well i mean like Georgia Auburn Deep South oldest rivalry. You know, you want you want games like that. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this? What do you like to see? What would you like to see? Nine games. Give me ten games. I mean, more SEC <laughs> games, the better, man. I as a player, as a fan, you 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 want to play the best. I mean, that's why you came to this conference. I mean, I didn't come to Georgia to to play some group of five team. I came to Georgia to play against the Tennessees and the Alabamas and the LSUs of the world. Like that's what gets me juice as a competitor. So, you know, they aren't looking for the easiest path. They're looking to go out there and compete and have some fun. So give me nine games. I think it's better for the conference. I think it's better for the players. I think it's better, obviously, for the fans. Um, I think we're going to get there. I don't know if it's going to be 2024 or 2025 when this happens. Um, but but I, I think for especially for the rivalries, like AM and Texas needs to happen. 
Like that is a rivalry game that needs to happen. That would be mm-hmm. a shame for the state of Texas not to have that game every single year. Georgia Auburn, like they're just Alabama LSU. Like what that game has become, uh, and what that game will continue to be because of Brian Kelly now at and Baton Rouge. So, uh, for for a million reasons, there needs to be nine SEC games. I get some teams worried about making making a bowl game. You know, some of the teams are kind of fighting there every single year. But I would say for the majority of the SEC, because they expanded playoffs, I mean, I did the numbers. Like you're still going to get three or four SEC teams in the playoffs every year. It's going to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Let's not be afraid to really push it and, and put a better product on the field and on TV for the fans. Yeah, and it, you said it right there, TV. And that's something I read from a from an athletic director in the SEC yesterday was talking about the money standpoint. We know that's a huge, huge thing, right? Okay. And it goes pro- probably far beyond we even think um, in these meetings with, with the decision makers. Uh, but they basically said, you know, they're paid for a certain amount of games by TV networks right now, right? So if they go up a game, they're not necessarily going to be paid for that extra game. So I bet that's a big part playing into it. I hate to see it. Yeah. They're probably negotiating it right now. I think they're, they're, you know, they want ESPN to come back to the table. So I think ESPN will, you'd, you'd hope they would, Mm -hmm. but it's man in in this world nowadays, all about the dollars and cents and they got to make a deal, but if they can squeeze a little bit more juice at it, you know, they're going to try. Yeah. Yeah. And I I know that, you know, as far as the SEC goes, um, you know, the fans, like you said, 10 games, give me 10 games. I mean, they just want to see everything. I'd rather play, you know, Texas A&M than Ball State. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Like this year, Georgia's schedule, you know, missing that game, Ohio State this year. Or what was it? Ohio State was Oklahoma. 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 Yeah, Yeah, Oklahoma. Man, that would have been fun. That would have been really fun to see. So we're kind of missing out on there, but hopefully in the future, I I do like Texas and Oklahoma joining um, more competition. I know it's a little, it's going to take some getting used to for sure, but I think that's just, it's more key programs and you get better games on a week to week basis. And you said Alabama LSU, that's a night game this year and Alabama set up to be one of the most, like the marquee games of the, of the year already. So it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Um, Quick thoughts. Let's get a final thought here. Um, we want to do we want to do uh georgia we do we want to do georgia's schedule uh prediction already it's, it's <laughs> i'll tell you prediction uh, 12 and out i mean it it is i know they came out you talk about scheduling they came out with the, the south carolina game as the 330 spot on cbs mm-hmm. obviously making that like the primetime game for for cbs yeah um it'll be an interesting one you know we'll see what spencer rattler can do see if he gets some some juice in him especially the way they ended the season last year yeah just don't see the depth there as Georgia has, I think that'll be an issue. Um, I mean, all eyes are on Tennessee. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I do think Joe Milton will be pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, you think he's gonna live up to the hype? I feel like that. I think he will. Season hypes. Ooh, it's, it's I, I think he will. I think it's high. I think it's. I think it's there. Watched them. Covered him a couple times last year. Talked to people mm-hmm. in there. Talked with Hendon. Um, man, he's. He's gifted and he's matured as a quarterback. So yeah. I think he can have a really, really good year. And uh, it's tough to play Neyland. So it's it's yeah. for George, obviously, you can't fall asleep at any point this year. I don't think they will. They got to stay healthy. That's always the big thing, too. But they got the depth that they do get banged up a little bit. But um, man, it's it's it it it, it just it aligns very, very nicely for for a three P. Uh, it does. I sound so biased saying that sometimes, you know, I like, why am I, am I really looking at this? Right. But I, I don't think you can't, I mean, to be honest. And last thing I'll leave you with quick thoughts um, as far as, you know, how Georgia's schedule is shaping up with the level of competition right now. Like we don't know how Tennessee's going to look. We don't know how Ole Miss is going to look just yet. Um, as far as 
them not having a big game to really prep themselves to play in a high pressure environment as far as Georgia's concerned. Um, and maybe have a close game here to really learn how to, you know, play together when needed and in a pressure situation. It's kind of what we had last year at times. And I think it only helps you in the postseason. Do you think that, you know, that's kind of a negative when you look at the schedule and not being really tough? No, I mean, Kirby says all the time, man, what, what they go through Monday through Friday is harder than than what they face on Saturday. So, like, Kirby finds a way to put them in, in pressure situations. You would love to see it every now and then. I guarantee, like, listen, I guarantee you at some point this season, they're going to have a close game just like they did last year with, with, say, Missouri. I mean, who would have thought Missouri would have had an opportunity to beat Georgia in the fourth quarter? Yeah. It happened. Georgia found a way to win. So, you know, you want them to blow every team out and win by three touchdowns, but there's going to be an off night. There's going to be a game where just Georgia doesn't have its A plus. The team they're facing has their 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 A plus game, and it turns out to be a four quarter battle. Like that will happen, maybe once, but I think at least one time you'll see, you'll have a game where you know it's 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 butts get a little bit tight. You kind of see what Georgia's really made out of in the fourth quarter, and, and hopefully they use that to you know to learn from and and, mm-hmm. and get ready for maybe a, cl- a close game and a playoff game. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. We'll get, we'll let you out of here, Aaron. We appreciate your time, man. Um, we know you're at your players' lounge. Um, you have a radio show as well. Let them know where you're at. Yeah, uh, stay busy. Um, got a daily show on the volume. Um, so go check us out there. That's called Snaps with me and a guy named T Bob A Bear, former LSU center. Yes, so sir. we do daily college football show, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Sirius XM show in the Players Lounge. So, uh, and just resign with ESPN. So we're doing a awesome. full slate of games in the fall. Love it, man! Congratulations on that, and we appreciate you taking time. Go dogs, as always. Go dogs.